Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we are here today uh, talking with Joni Sternoff, uh, Jody Sternoff-Cohen. So welcome, Jody. Got to unmute if you can hear me okay. Oh, let's see here. Uh, can you hear me okay, Jody? Yes, thanks for having me. Yay, I'm so glad. <laughs> um, and so we are here talking about your book today, uh, which is Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. So I'm so excited. I um, I got a chance to start, you know, kind of reading the first 50 pages. And it's it's really good. And it's very sciencey. It was much more um, like research based than I I thought that it was initially going to be because oftentimes the essential oils that I've kind of, um, you know, language that I've used, it's been it's been a little bit vague, a little bit more general. So you really, you really have kind of taken some time to to delve into uh, the body functions and um, yeah, a lot of the kind of um, physiological stuff that are happening as we are starting to use essential oils to assist our health. Yeah, it makes me sad. A lot of the oil um, talk is very airy fairy. And what I found from years in working in clinical practice is the more people understand kind of what something is going to do and how it will help them, the more likely they are to use it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, can you tell us a little bit about the clinical practice that you um, uh, that you brought essential oils into? Yeah, I um I basically got my start in nutrition through my second child. He was um, total sensory seeker, you know, very ADD. And when we changed his diet, his whole personality changed. His whole ability to self-regulate and calm down changed. And it was so um, dramatic that I decided to go learn more. Originally as a hobby, but I wound up getting a, a third degree in nutrition and working with kids and trying to help them get into balance. And, you know, the the beauty challenge of kids is that a lot of them don't swallow pills. So it's really hard to figure out how to get remedies into their systems. Um, And I actually wasn't even playing with oils until uh, my own personal rock bottom. Uh, My then husband was um, super bipolar and super depressed, and it became clear that he might die on my watch. And so good friends intervened and encouraged me to send him to a residential treatment facility. And once I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him alive, I, I did kind of collapse. I um, My adrenals had been over-functioning for a long time and kind of kicking out uh, cortisol, the stress hormone that I needed for a long time. And Once it was safe to collapse, I did, which wasn't super convenient because my children were five and seven at the time. And I was suddenly a single mom with a full-time job. You know, I was class parent. I was the friend that everyone relied on. And uh, it took pretty much all the energy I had to get up with my kids in the morning, make them breakfast, pack their lunch, and get them to school. 
So I would come home, climb back into bed and set the alarm for them, you know, for pickup. Uh, and after about a week of a half of doing that and trying to ingest all the right supplements and knowing um, because I'm a slow methylator that when I've tried pharmaceutical drugs, they made me feel horrid. I, I kind of, I was pretty desperate. And fortunately, I had a, a very dear friend who came over with a big box of essential oils and said, you have been so high stress and so high cortisol for so long. We know that high cortisol means high inflammation. I bet your gut is so inflamed that nothing you're ingesting is actually getting into your system. Try oils, you know, they can get in through uh, inhalation. You can just smell them. They can get in through the skin. This, this could help, you know, when you're so desperate, you're like, why not? I'll, I'll try that. I've tried everything. And fortunately from working with children, I had learned this uh, assessment technique called muscle testing that I used to really, you know, it didn't matter if the kid was running in circles, I could kind of zone in on what was the, um, what one or two things would really help them return to balance the most quickly. And so I muscle tested the box for my adrenals and got five oils and was really confused because I normally only got one or two remedies. And then it occurred to me, oh, wait, they're liquid. I can combine them. And so I, being fairly new to oils, went to my kitchen, grabbed a shot glass, and formulated my first blend for my adrenal glands. I knew from practicing that um, they were most accessible through the back, kind of on these kidney points on the low back. So that's where I applied the remedy. And I felt myself kind of shift back to me pretty quickly. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, wait, I could go running, you know, and prior to that, like, we, we do not have a big house. Our staircase is not that steep, but that felt like a lot of work to walk up the stairs. So of course. I could tell, oh, th this is helping. You know, I think it's so amazing when you have, I mean, everybody has a different process for healing, but when you recognize instant balance like that, it is, I mean, it's incredible. I remember I had kind of a similar experience the first time I ever had Reiki. I was like, oh my God, like I just felt like all, it's like my head stopped being on fire for like a second. And I was like, oh my God, like this is what it feels like to be myself again. And it's, I mean, it feels like a miracle, but really like, I mean, our body knows how to do this. If we just have the right, the right mix and match and the right blend when we find it, oh, so good. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't experienced that, think of a time that you were so hungry and you sat down at the restaurant and maybe you ordered appetizers. And by the time you've taken like three or four bites of the appetizer, you're starting to feel you're less shaky. You feel like yourself again. It's just this interesting like re recalibration. You know, we're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I get like. What did you, so you said you had tried, um, you had tried doing like nutritional kind of things in the supplementation ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was re well resourced. Like I knew what kind of, um, adaptogenic remedies like ashwagandha, yerlurithi. I was, I was basically all the things it's kind of like, you know, when you try to lose weight before 40, it's very easy. And then suddenly at 40, you're like, how come just cutting out carbs doesn't work anymore? And it was all <laughs> these things that I knew were supposed to work, but nothing was helping. So, and so you were at a point, it sounded like when you kind of let yourself like break down that you were ready to try 
anything and your friend happened to walk over with a box of essential oils. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're praying for inspiration and then suddenly you get an idea and you're like, I'll, you know, why, why not? I had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, um, like what are essential oils and, um, yeah, kind of just give us a breakdown for like what that means, like as, yeah. as just like a basic process of, um, taking yeah. your medicine. Essential oils are basically the concentrated essences of plants. Like if you've ever peeled a tangerine, you know, there's a little bit of oil in the peel. That's where they live in the citrus fruits. They, it can be barks of trees. It can be mints. And um, the way it's kind of accessed, it's almost like farm to table experience. You know, they pick the, pick the lavender in the field, put it in a distiller, which is basically like a big vat of boiling water. As the steam evaporates, it kind of, you know, oil and water don't mix. So it separates and the oil goes on one side and the, you know, flavored water for lack of a better word goes on the other side but what most people don't realize is that plants are really the basis for modern medicine over 50 percent of the pharmaceutical drugs in the last 30 years have been derived from plants you know white willow bark was the foundation for aspirin valerian root is the foundation for valium you know, most of our drugs and remedies have some plant constituents. They have all these chemical compounds that are biofamiliar to the human body. When people talk about food as medicine, what they really mean is that when we actually digest, um, absorb and assimilate the nutrients, they kind of have this chemical reaction that is biofamiliar with humans. So oils are just that really concentrated essence and they can be used to not only um, help unravel symptoms, you know, like common symptoms that we think of like pain or discomfort or inflammation, but they can actually be used to return the body to balance so that it functions properly and you're able to show up as your best self. So um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters, and we're here chatting with Jody Sternoff-Cohen today um, about her book called Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Um, Jody, you were telling us a little bit about how you uh, used muscle testing as a process to kind of like basically as an assessment process to figure out what oils worked for you in this larger box of essential oils. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what is muscle testing and what is what is your personal process uh, look like and how how, you know, how people can like figure out what remedies work for them or what essential oils can work for them? Absolutely. I mean, muscle testing really relies on this idea that we all kind of have um, a blueprint that, you know, like when the fetus is being developed, there's a blueprint that it follows, you know, like stem cells really haven't been imprinted with the blueprint yet, but that's why they can be used because they then match the blueprint of healthy liver cells, healthy pancreas cells, whatever you want to do for them. And that blueprint, uh, some people think looks more like a a Taurus field, like a big donut that kind of um, goes out of our body. So if you're, if you're looking at kind of code on a computer, it's, it's a little bit like our code. And there's a way since it's uh, energetic in nature that you can access that code and you can ask questions. 
And um, there's a local practitioner where I am in Seattle named uh, Dietrich Klinghardt who teaches this technique called autonomic response testing. And that's the technique that I practice where it just helps to um, first balance the body, you know, like you can't really see through your window if it's covered in dirt. So it's just cleaning the window so that you can get an accurate read. Because sometimes when you uh, peel off kind of uh, things that may be influencing you in the moment, but aren't really the key issue, then you get a much clearer understanding of what's really going on. And some people, it's it's really just simple yes, no questions, you know, and some people use um, uh, the client's arm and press down on the arm. Some people use a surrogate, they have an assistant touch the client's body, and then they test on your arm. You can use a pendulum, you can actually use your body as a pendulum, like a yes, no answer. It's basically just kind of um, asking information and questions in a way where you can get really clear on uh, what's the underlying root issue. Um, I personally use a pendulum or use my body as a pendulum. I've been doing it for so long that I'm pretty good at it. But if you're just getting started, pendulums are super affordable. You can get them in crystal stores. There's um, a free guide called Letters to Robin that just helps you get started with it. But it's really just tapping into your own intuition or innate knowledge. And if you use your body as a pendulum, is that just you're standing on your feet and you just see what kind of direction like yeah. you, you let your body kind of shift into? From for me, yes is forward and no is backward. And I um whenever I do kind of uh any kind of elimination diet, that's a way that like like coffee. I'm a Seattle girl, I love my coffee. We're in Northampton, we love our coffee out here too. <laughs> yeah. There's some days that coffee just for whatever's going on, like it's just not my best choice. You know, dairy's the same way. Dairy's probably not my best choice most of the time, but there are times that I just indulge anyway. But like if I'm doing an elimination diet, you know, the obvious culprits are grains and dairy and soy, you know, but sometimes eggs are okay. So I just test to kind of see where I am in the moment. And so, and so do you, when you kind of check in with your body, do you follow your body's advice or do you Always. say, really? Okay. I see. Always. Sometimes I'm like, oh, let me see. And then I'll just kind of go with where my impulses want me to take me anyways. You know, you know, what's really interesting. There's this great book called um, Radical Remission by Kelly Turner. And she looks at people that were kind of left to die from cancer that didn't, that went into what she calls radical remission. There are nine underlying factors um, why, you know, that helped. And only three of them are physical. And the most interesting one was intuition. And that's really, um, you know, especially with smell, I really try to teach everyone, like, trust your intuition. If something smells good to you, you know, enjoy that. Like when you crave chocolate, you often need magnesium. When you crave a hamburger, you often need iron. Like, start trusting yourself and listening to yourself. Absolutely. When when we're inhaling essential oils, um, I know you kind of mentioned that you also topically use them on uh, across your adrenal glands, across your kidneys when you like first were taking them in. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like? What's what's going on when we bring essential oils into our body? Because we know that there are these very concentrated plant essences. Um, so yeah, kind of fill us in a little bit on like the the science of yeah the the body and what's happening with these things. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, when you think about how you um, integrate remedies into your system, most people think of the digestive channel, right? 
which basically means that it needs to be, go through the stomach acid and be processed through the liver before it gets into the bloodstream and gets carried through the body. What's great about the inhalation pathway is it goes directly into the bloodstream because uh, the capillaries are close to the surface in the nose, and it also goes directly into the brain. You know, one of the challenges of most remedies is that the blood-brain barrier only lets super small fat-soluble molecules through. This is one reason you can't do chemo in the brain, and one reason why essential fatty acids like omega-3s are so good for the brain, because they're the right key to unlock that door. So smell, more than any of your other senses, literally gets into your system within like seconds. So smelling something is the fastest way to get it into the brain. And then chemical constituents like lavender is really high in linalool, which kind of helps to calm um, your inhibitory neurotransmitters, your GABA receptors. So it makes you feel more relaxed immediately. When you topically apply something, it also goes through the, the skin, the dermis, and can get into the blood that way. But what's really interesting, you know, if we get back to kind of the blueprint of the body, the outline, you know, when you're being formed turns into these reflex points that can be used to help kind of clear congestion and inflammation and, and also as signaling pathways. Like it's those reflex points that they use in acupuncture that you might be focusing on in Reiki. What you're really trying to do, you know, my, my younger one loved marble ramps. And what's interesting about a marble ramp is if one little piece is kind of out of alignment, the marble doesn't flow. But the minute you line it up, everything flows freely. So if you're doing Reiki or acupuncture or applying oils and you see congestion in one area, that's like an accident on the freeway. It's going to block traffic, you know, in both directions. But the moment you clear up that congestion and stagnation, everything flows freely. So that's one thing that I, I realized I'm doing quite differently. I'm combining reflex points with essential oils so that it just opens up communication and um, energy flow. And so when you're using those reflex points, is that for the, the topical location or is yes. it kind of hitting internally as well? Well, that's one thing that I found, you know, digestion, especially like for the people that, um, you know, they react to every food. Maybe they're down to like four foods that they can eat. I dated a guy like that and I was like, mm, this is not going to last. <laughs> yeah, but it's really hard to unravel that because anything you kind of uh, assimilate through ingestion can work against you. So how do you unravel that puzzle? You're trying to get things to influence digestion, but you can't digest them. Right. This is where like topically applied oils on stomach reflex points or gut reflex points, you know, and a lot of them, all of them actually live on the bottom of the foot. You can, you know, just slather oil across the foot and hope you hit the right point, or you can target it very specifically. And I include a very detailed foot chart in the book. So it's just kind of, it's, it's like if your major um, freeway is closed, you know, you need to find a detour route you need a workaround. So sadly, because so many of us are sensitive to, you know, the herbicides that they're spraying on our foods and all these other um, things in the environment, the more tools that we have to kind of balance digestion without actually having to ingest something that we might react to, you know, the easier it is to heal. Now, the one thing that I have noticed is that there are 
quality essential oils and then there's like a lot of filler ingredients that are starting to come into oils that you might see at like these kind of overstock places. Um, if somebody is like just kind of getting in, because I'm, I'm assuming that if you're using essential oils on topically or even inhaling them, that you're probably inhaling those additives as well. Do you have any way that, you know, people can really navigate this very extensive way of um, kind of figuring out what essential oils are going to be good for them and support them, but also kind of maintain that quality and that integrity of, you know, the the healing properties that we need? Yeah, there's a lot of fear-based marketing out there. And, you know, when you can buy organic, because that's likely to be more pure. But but after that, you know, anyone that's ever had an herb garden can tell you it's hard to kill mint and basil and lavender. They don't need a lot of pesticides. They're pretty affordable, so they don't need a lot of filler. So it kind of depends on what you're buying. You know, the ones that I've looked at that, that could be more tainted are jasmine, birch, and rose. So if, if you're buying something that's that's pretty accessible, I wouldn't worry too much. You know, buy organic when you can, you know, trust your sense of smell. All of us have had that moment walking through the mall where we walk by the bath store, the candle store, and there's something that smells totally toxic. You know, just just know that, but but don't live in fear too much because it's it's hard to do it wrong. Okay, that's, that's really good advice. I think that sometimes, you know, seeing those products that like can be like very inexpensive, I tend to steer clear just because I'm like, I don't know what's in these things. So I'll end up splurging on, you know, essential oils that I think are going to be better quality or that, you know, have more of a reputation behind them. But yeah, it's, it's hard to know sometimes as a consumer, you know, a lot of this stuff is just not regulated in the United States. It is hard to know. And like, I'm, I'm going to share kind of my favorite, um, very easy application strategy for anxiety. But if anyone's listening and they want to try this on themselves or their children, and they've never really dabbled in oils before, and they feel slightly overwhelmed on how to get started for this one, just go, you know, Whole Foods, I know carries essential oils, any local store and just pick whatever smells good. Usually the citrus ones are, are a really good place to start, especially orange. That's really affordable and hard to taint. So the interesting strategy, there's there's actually an entire um, branch of chiropractic that's called functional neurologists. And what they're doing is they're looking at the different regions and hemispheres of the brain that can fall out of balance and how to put them back in balance. And smell plays an important role in this, but um, I have always been kind of a poster child for anxiety my whole life. Like I would write the term paper a week before it was due because the idea of waiting until the last minute would make me far too anxious. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I know a thing or two, or two about anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I used to have them very inconveniently at the checkout line of the supermarket. If it lasted too long, I'd start to feel completely claustrophobic and overheated and sometimes abandoned cart. So this was a very helpful tool for me. And it's as simple as pointing out that when you're having an anxiety attack, that's your left frontal lobe, which is literally, um, oh, sorry, it's your right frontal lobe, your right forehead. So even if you just touch your right forehead, that part is overactive. So to kind of balance that out, you need to do something to activate your left forehead. And the easiest way to do that is to smell anything through your left nostril. So literally take your right thumb, plug your right nostril, 
whatever oil you like. Um, if you, you know, have a citrus fruit in the house, peel that and smell the peel, you know, just smell something through your left nostril for three to seven breaths. It will stimulate your left frontal lobe, balance the two hemispheres of the brain. The anxiety attack will pass immediately. And um, just like stresses are additive and cumulative, um, remedies are additive and cumulative. The more you do this, the less likely you are to fall into anxiety. My God, what a good tip. So all you have to do is just close your right nostril if you're having a panic attack in the moment and you just smell anything from through yep. your left, left nostril. Yes, yes. All yes, right. if, if your child is, you know, has performance anxiety about a, a test, a sporting event, if you get anxious in traffic, it's just, it's, it is the best. It's like a gear shift, right? You know, you're biking up the hill and you're like, this is hard. And then you're like, wait a minute, I can downshift. And then it becomes easy. It's that quick. Wow. The power of smell is amazing. I'm endlessly fascinated with that, like sensory organ that we have. Yeah, me too. That's really, really cool. Um, so, so what other, um, what other kind of ways can we bring in essential oils to our body? I know that you mentioned the bottom of our feet, uh, directly onto the, the organs topically through the skin, um, or inhaling them. Are there other kind of little, little methods that you enjoy bringing essential oils into, um, into our bloodstream? Yeah, one of the things that always kind of confounded me was uh, sleep and oils because everyone says, oh, lavender, but lavender is kind of like Benadryl. It either knocks you out or it makes you wide awake. Um, But I started playing with different application techniques and I realized that when I add lavender to an Epsom salt bath, that is always full body relaxation. So I'm going to simplify this as well. My favorite uh, Epsom salt bath um, recipe is two cups of Epsom salt, one cup of baking soda, and then I literally use the bathtub as the mixing bowl. So, you know, plug the drain, put the Epsom salt and the baking soda in the tub, and then add three drops of lavender before you add the water and stir the lavender into the bath salts because that way it won't float on the top of the bath. Ooh, really good Yeah. Really yeah, good. and then just make the bath as hot as you can and stay in it as long as you can, ideally, you know, at least 15 minutes. But the the warmth, you know, the skin is our largest organ. So the warmth opens up the pores. Um, Epsom salt is magnesium, so that's very relaxing. And it helps to carry the oils into the body. So it's a full body relaxation experience. Very, very cool. I'm going to be trying that tonight when I get home. <laughs> I'm so curious, what what inspired you to really put down all this knowledge and all this kind of research? Like what, what inspired you to write this book? You know, it's so funny. I, I live in Seattle, which is pretty rainy. And so we would, our weekend activity would be bookstores. Both of my kids were big readers. So we'd stop in the kids section and they'd grab like three or four books that they might be interested in. And then we'd go over to the health section and they would kind of, I would always try to get them to narrow it down to one. Um, And so they'd be reading through and I would be scouring for a book that really explained essential oils in the way that I 
was looking at them and I could never find the book. And my son finally said, I think you're going to have to write it, mom. Ooh, challenge. (laughs) The gauntlet was thrown. (laughs) The gauntlet was thrown down. So, um, and then he actually was killed in a car accident, uh, August 27th, 2018. And so, I kind of decided I needed a productive way to focus my energy to kind of um, pull myself out of grief. And that was kind of, that felt like a nice way to honor him. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that loss. That's, you know, did, were you able to like, were you bringing essential oils to assist you in, in the healing with the, the grieving and the kind of like recalibrating during that process for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You can be well-resourced and still feel like you're drowning. Oh yeah. You know, like there's nothing like being in chronic pain to help you identify what works quickly. So yeah, actually. And and that is something I talk about too. Um, Rose oil was the best, but only when applied over the heart, it didn't work as well, like on, you know, the wrists and it's just, it's very interesting, you know, for anyone that's gone through something super rough, when you find something that makes it better, you're like, I'm going to keep that. You know, when uh you find something that makes it worse, you're like, I'm going to avoid that. So it was very baptism by fire. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm really grateful that I got a chance to explore all of this writing and that, you know, you really channeled all that, um, all that into into this book, because it's, it's, it's very clinical, you know, I feel like it can speak to people who work in the medical field and have, you know, that sort of science based training. Um, but it kind of brings some of that, like, you know, that that woo bridge that like we're all <laughs> immersed in, um, in the like health and wellness world, because we on an anecdotal level, feel it, and we see it, and we are witnessing people heal from it. But it's, it's really, really nice to be able to find, um, you know, the, the cross between those two worlds, because it, it in a lot of ways, it feels like two totally different worlds of people who are like, I need to understand the research and like how this operationally is functioning. And then also like, you know, how can I, you know, bring this, this language to just people? Yeah. And I really did try to, I mean, it's one of those books that you can skip around, you know, if you Uh, If sleep is your issue, there's a whole section on sleep. If you just want to look at immune modulation and um, inflammation, but also what what I've come to realize, you know, even in myself, you know, when I'd go to a practitioner and they'd prescribe supplements, if I didn't really understand what they were doing, I was a little bit more lapidaisical about taking them. The moment I understood, like, I'll give you an example. I, um, I have methylation problems. And so what that means is that my phase one liver detoxification, kind of making toxic substances more toxic, ideally so they can turn into water and be eliminated. I'm really good at that. I am not so good at the next step about neutralizing them, phase two. So I'm really likely to have, you know, fatty liver, be sensitive to chemicals, uh, you know, not have pharmaceutical drugs work on me because there are a lot of toxins that are kind of hanging out in limbo. And one of the supplements that I was prescribed helps with phase two detoxification. And the moment I understood that, I never skipped that supplement. Like I make sure I take that one and I can tell I feel so much better when I do, you know, but I think there's, um, you know, knowledge is power. 
100%. Yeah. And it, I think it's like, you know, it's it's like when somebody just says, uh, no, these are the rules. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense for me. And like, I'm not going to do it because somebody just externally says blah, blah, blah. Um, but when you kind of have the understanding of like, why those rules are in place, then you yeah. can kind of either you can either you can choose you can choose to disagree. Um, and, you know, have civil disobedience and, and you know, just or just the delight of saying no that you know two-year-olds teach us um or you can say okay i i understand now and i can choose you know it's it's funny my my best friend has a two-year-old and we go on walks um one day a week and sometimes my daughter comes along and she's like you're so funny like the two-year-old's afraid of the leaf blower and it was rainy and i'm like they don't blow leaves when it's rainy because the leaves stick together and it's wet so they don't blow and she like calmed down right away and my daughter was like it's really funny i remember you explaining stuff to us like i've always felt like if if you understand it then it just it calms the nervous system and it kind of allows you to be in control so that's that's always been the way that i've gone through life Right. You know? Yeah. Safety. You know, that's that's the foundation of feeling yeah. comfortable. Right. Just yeah. Just under, a little bit of understanding. Yeah. So um, so Jody, tell us a little bit about how essential oils play a role in your day to day life. Um, yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you use them? And, you know, I, I think a, a lot of your book kind of t- breaks it down, like you kind of mentioned into like sections on digestion, if that's kind of a major issue for you versus sleep or anxiety. Yeah. Um, but how, how does it fit into your personal life? Like what does your kind of wake up to go to bed routine look like? Yeah, and I will share mine. And then also, um, we do have a, a quiz to help people identify their priority mm. at our website, uh, Vibrant Blue Oils, just because I feel like, um, you know, my my issue tends to be anxiety and stress. Um, so that's what I use oils for. Some people that are having digestive issues or sleep issues, they might do it differently. But I wake up and I have a blend that I call parasympathetic that I apply behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone. And that helps me feel less anxious, definitely more calm. So just starting your day right away. Yeah. Yeah. And it it just kind of gives you, you know, how they say like, you should take a moment for gratitude and like balance. Like I don't grab my phone right away. I kind of put um, the adrenal blend on and uh, the parasympathetic and the adrenal blend on the low back, which also kind of helps give you energy and balances energy. And then I have one for circulation that I like. And I have a dog. So I I start my day with those three oils and then I walk the dog. You know. Yep. (laughs) Do you um do essential oil are they good for for pets as well? Or is that something like I feel like I've read somewhere like my cats are very sensitive to smell. Like if I have a banana anywhere near them, they're like, Oh my god, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever smelled in my life. Um, but I've also read that uh, cats can be a little bit sensitive to essential oils and diffusers. Um, do you have any takes for you know anxiety because they have a similar like nervous system to humans? Um, how does that translate? with with dogs or with um, cats? So cats, you know, it's really interesting. A toxin is technically anything we can't detoxify. So in sure. humans, that's why metals are so bad. Rat poison is actually vitamin D. What? But rats just can't metabolize it. Yeah. So cats um, are lacking some liver enzymes to really break down oils. So you do need to be super careful about diffusing around cats. Um, Just make sure that if you're doing it, it's a room that they can get out of. And, you know, I think people over diffuse anyway. So I say try to limit it to 20 minutes twice a day. 
you know, if you're using um, a plastic diffuser, just make sure that you clean that out with vinegar at least once a week so that mold doesn't build up. Um, but dogs are different. Dogs, you know, my, my dog, I joke, we don't go on a walk, we go on a smell. Aww. You know, he's constantly <laughs> stopping to smell things. But he's really, um, with him, I just, I open it and hold it and let him kind of come toward, like he really loves frankincense. That's really great for him. But, you know, other smells, I just, it's kind of like what I do with humans, you know, like let them, uh, if, if they want it, they can move towards it. If they don't want it, they can move back away from it. That's really cool. How, how do you know if somebody is like over diffusing an essential oil or if they're kind of like overdoing it? Like how much is enough and how much is too much? I really, I mean, uh, there's an essential oil safety guru named Robert Tizerand who's like 20 minutes twice a day. And that's kind of what I think everyone's overdoing it, to be honest with you. But I think, um, you know, there, there are certain companies that want you to burn through oils as quickly as possible. So diffusing, you know, makes you, you, you burn through them more quickly. Of course. Yeah. So, so how do you, so when you say that every, most people are like overdoing it, um, like how, like what is overdoing it? Like, is it that you're like over, like if you take too much of a medicine, is it like going to throw you way off balance or is it just not no, doing just, anything think, at a certain point? I think it's just wasteful, you know? Okay. It's kind of like if, if you have period cramps, you know, you might take like two or three Advil, but you're not going to pop one every two minutes. Right. You know, you don't. Yeah. 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 All right. That makes sense. That kind of gives me a little bit of, of guide, uh, guide, guiding getting star there. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, um, one of my, a, a girlfriend of mine said that like, because essential oils are the, the strongest medicine because it's such a concentration of, of plants that she's like, you know, if you're reaching for citrus, why don't you just like open a, like open an actual, like an orange or a tangerine first and see if that affects you and then if that helps in any way. And then if that isn't quite enough to, you know, to basically like, jump up from there. I think, um, I, I see it. I mean, I see your point and I see that, you know, when you inhale, like you can try it, inhale, uh, tangerine oil and then inhale tangerine. It's much more concentrated and it's kind of like, you know, why do we soak and sprout, uh, grains because it makes them more bioavailable. Something in diffusion makes them more bioavailable. So when they are in the oil process, you know, like just direct inhalation, literally opening a bottle and smelling, that's often sufficient and, and can kind of be enough. So yes, they're super powerful, but sometimes you want powerful. You just don't need to overuse powerful. It's just a little bit of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> bit goes a long way. Yeah. Have you ever gotten to um, engage in the actual like making of prod of the um, essential oils? Yeah, I have. I've, um, you know, before COVID, I used to travel more and do that. But yeah, we'll oh, see. Cool. We'll see when you get to travel internationally again. I know. I hope so. What kind of um, essential oils um, uh, blends did you get to participate in making or, or watch making? Well, lavender is pretty easy to watch being distilled and peppermint, you know, they grow peppermint all over the world. But interestingly, peppermint that's grown in the U.S., different altitudes, you know, and, and soil yield different kind of crops. You know, like I grew up in Washington State and I love my Washington State apples. And then I went to uh, college in Manhattan and, you know, New York apples are good, too. They're just different. So 
It's nice to see. So I, you know, peppermint and lavender are easy to watch distill. And then I, um, initially when I started, I was doing all the formulations, you know, as you grow, you have to uh, find, you have to hire people to help you. Yes. <laughs> Cause it's a big setup, right? And it takes yeah. quite a long time, doesn't it? It's like, a, it's a quite a bit of quantity of plant material, um, or oil yeah. material. And then, um, and then it, yeah, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can be. Yeah, I love that. Um, so uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, and we're chatting with Jody Sternoff-Cohen. Um, so Jody, we're, we're kind of reaching towards the top of the hour. Um, do you uh, do you have any kind of words of wisdom that you would like to throw into the universe and, and share with our listeners? Any kind of like towards the end of the final takeaways? You know, um, Victor Frankl, who's a Holocaust survivor, has a really powerful quote. And it's this idea that between the stimulus and the response, there is a pause. And what that means to me is it's it's basically about taking control of your own system. And what I've found, my, my biggest takeaway, my biggest aha with oils is that when you apply a stimulatory blend like clove and lime, I give the exact ratios in the book, behind the earlobe, on that mastoid bone, that is a pause that helps turn on your body's safety response. It lets you feel safe and have access to, you know, if things feel overwhelming or terrifying or black and white, you can suddenly see, well, wait, there, there are other options. There's, you know, maybe I have to get more information or a second opinion. It's really the safety gauge. And that lies within you no matter what is happening around you. Mm, I love that. It's so important to remember that like we do have that safety safety gauge that we can we can turn yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um and how can people find you? How can they access your book and um and your website and all that kind of good stuff? So they can find me at Vibrant Blue Oils, which is my company and uh we answer every email within 48 hours. And then the book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body, is available internationally wherever books are sold. Amazing. You gotta you, you wrote that book that that needed to be out there and, and here it is. <laughs> and we got a chance to talk about it and and uh, learn more about the um, the kind of beauty of, of this work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And those were great questions. Oh, thank you so much. You can always go back uh, and tune into this episode in about a week. Um, you can go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. And that's always a uh, really simple way of catching up with uh, this episode and all other episodes uh, from the past. Or if you're a podcast listener, you can always go and find the Energy Matters podcast um, on uh, basically anywhere that you download your podcasts. Uh, they're available if you look for the Energy Matters podcast. It's the Starburst logo because there's actually another Energy Matters podcast out there. Um, but you know, the one with the Starburst logo is the one that you're going to want um, with, uh, with you know, Valley Free Radio and uh, Caroline Rutterman. So, so we are going to close out. So have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.